0: Alright, sure. I can move the stuff for you. But I do need a few particulars first. What do you mean? I mean, I need to know a little bit about what I'm carrying. This is all part of the job. So first, why do you need a coyote?
1: I thought your transporters weren't supposed to ask questions.
0: It's fine. You don't have to tell me. But just to make sure you're aware, that will increase the price.
1: You're transporting a rectangular metal container with a built-in cooling system. It is 24 by 12 by 8 dimensions, that's inches, and weighs roughly 60 pounds. You are not under any circumstances to open or allowed to be open the container.
0: Excellent. Now, pick up and destination?
1: Monterey Azatlan to Seattle. Specifically, Redmond. The exact location will be given to you once the package has been secured for transport. So, with that information, what price am I looking at for your services?
0: Let's see. For me to haul this cargo. 100 grand.
1: Done. Here's the data drive with the instructions for how to retrieve the cargo. My employers look forward to the successful conclusion of our business.
0: As do I. Pleasure working with you. So, what did he have for you? How's it, to Seattle?
1: I hope you gouged the dreck out of that price. Ah, uh, well. Well, good evening, chums. Welcome to another episode of Deniable Assets. It's the show that aims to prove you can survive in the shadows of the Sixth World. You just need to keep your eyes open and your ears peeled. I'm Mr. Clean, And I'm Wolf. How's it hanging, O Mace? So, as we hinted at the end of our last episode, today we're going to be talking about Wolf's specialty in particular, being a coyote. Now, since I don't have much to contribute to this conversation, I'll let Wolf take it from here.
0: Thank you, Clean. Uh, I'm so glad I get to talk about this. It's fun. I'm so excited I'm almost jumping over here. No,
1: that's probably because you have a job.
0: I mean, okay, there's that too. But about coyotes, and no, not the small dogs that roam the Southwest and make those funny whining noises at night, smugglers, the coyotes of the two-legged variety. As long as people have needed items, goods, or other people transported to areas with secrecy, there have always been smugglers. Smuggling has been popular in wartime to help besieged people get food, medicine, and other essentials. And America's most iconic smugglers of the early 20th were the bootleggers that ran moonshine and bathtub gin during Prohibition. Now, when most people think of smuggling today, however, their minds immediately transfer to guns, drugs, evil magic, and human trafficking.
1: Well, they aren't exactly wrong to think that about smugglers.
0: Yeah, stereotypes in our business do exist for a reason. A lot of your major cartels or drug lords aren't going to use freelance coyotes to smuggle their product where they want it. They'll use cheap labor and their own equipment. Or they'll use disposable mules that they can just kill once the job is done, if that person doesn't OD from a burst balloon of Nova Coke in their stomach. But yes, there are smugglers that will deal in darker shade of the morally gray area. But that doesn't mean that all of them will.
1: Like any professional, each individual has his own standards and personal line of decency.
0: Yes, now you know that I've done some things smuggling that I now wish I hadn't done. But when I first started out, I didn't have a choice. It was take those jobs or get no jobs at all. Hell, I actually stumbled into being a coyote. I didn't seek it out. When I was 16, I'd just gotten my driver's license, and I was hanging out with a friend of mine. Well, his older brother had a bit of a reputation in town for being a party boy and was always getting busted with booze. He wasn't of drinking age, by the way. His dad worked for the brewery in town, and as part of their pay, the works got to take home as much beer as they could carry. Well, Mr. Jimenez was a troll, so a pallet of beer was no problem for him. So my friend's brother, Juan, was going to this party, and he was bringing the booze. Except the cops were out in force on the roads. You see where this is going, don't you, listeners? So Juan asked me if I'd hide the beer in my car, and he'd pay me 100 bucks and a case of PBR. 100 bucks was great, the case of PBR was what really sealed the deal. We loaded about 20 cases of beer into the trunk of my car and five under the back seat, and Juan left for the party, and me and his brother followed about two minutes later. On the way there, we saw the flashing red and blues of a cop. He pulled over Juan and was searching his vehicle for beer. As we drove by, Juan just smiled and waved at us as the two cops were tearing his empty car apart looking for the booze that I was carrying.
1: (laughs) Somehow I expected there to be more explosions and hot women in that story.
0: Shut up. It was the first time I smuggled. And that started me on the path of being a coyote. Now from 16 to 18, I really didn't do anything tough or hardcore. Smuggling beer for Juan was pretty much his regular gig. Every Saturday for two years, then me and my friends would play video games and get hammered on our payment of beer. When I was about 19 though, Juan introduced me to a friend he'd made. And this guy wanted me to transport something for him. It was drugs, a whole lot of weed. I was a little uncomfortable about it. but my damn mouth, I popped off that I could move it for him, and the guy asked me for a price. I really didn't know what to tell him, so I just kind of spitballed it, told him I'd do it for a grand, and he agreed, laughing. So I ran the weed from around San Angelo to DFW, almost got caught too, that feeling stuck with me, and ever since I've been a coyote.
1: So let's get into some important stuff. What are some of the things that uh, as a coyote you need
0: to know? Well, most importantly, don't think that you are the only person out there who can do what you do. Smuggling is not that difficult when you really think about it. It's about moving something from one place to another. People do that all the time, every second of the day. Also, never think that the people you are transporting or transporting for value your life. Chances are they don't, and you shouldn't value theirs either. Beyond the point of a payday. I've been held up by my passengers before. Thankfully, I was never geeked by them. I was shot in the stomach once. (laughs) The best way to stay alive as a coyote is always think that the people you're working for intend to betray you. That's how I approach almost all of my jobs after that incident.
1: Everybody makes mistakes. It's how you learn from those mistakes that matters.
0: That's right. Now a lot of coyotes are actually in touch with one another. Yes, we all are in competition with one another, but it is a community. And it's kind of bad business to go after one another. We pass along info like what's going on, who might sniff us for a job, that sort of thing. The same way rumors and other info circulars the shadow community. They circulate the coyote community as well. Oh, and before I forget, it's kind of important to keep up to date on the political and cultural goings on of the world to help you determine prices and calculate risks for jobs. I mean, you don't want to be charging peacetime rates when you're traveling across a war zone.
1: Is there a kind of template to use for young coyotes wanting to get an idea for costs?
0: Absolutely. Over on Jackpoint, Tim Movo's got a whole thread talking about this stuff. I highly recommend that anyone listening that wants to know more, go check it out if you can. It's much more detailed than this episode, but hopefully we can wet your whistle enough to make you want to check out more info on it.
1: Now, how is it that you protect yourself from runners who may want to geek you?
0: Well, there's a lot of different ways you can do that. You can have obvious defenses that will tell your cargo you don't trust them, or you can have subtle methods that make them think you do trust them. I used to have little explosives under the rear seats. That way if they tried anything, I'd just blow their asses off. Now I have other methods that I won't discuss for obvious reasons. One guy I know put a small minigun in the center console. Cargo gets antsy and it just starts spinning the barrels.
1: Now once you get over a border, does it get easier?
0: No, the job doesn't get easier until you finish the job. Once you manage to bluff your way past a border, if you're doing that, you'll need to have up-to-date licenses and other fake credentials. Observe local laws and customs, things like that. It's like a game of hide-and-seek in a way. If you're trying to come off as legit, then you want to hide in plain sight. If you don't want to be seen at all, then you need to know your route and make the right plans.
1: Ah, making thorough plans and properly executing them. I wonder who else has been saying stuff like that.
0: Don't just stop. Ha!
1: Well, anyway, chums, that's been this episode on coyotes. Remember, for a detailed view on the coyote life, check out the piece by Tim Movo on Jackpoint. But for now, I've been Mr. Clean. I've been Wolf. And this has been Deniable Assets.
0: Good night. Good running, chummers. The music for Deniable Assets is written and performed by Johnny Claire and the Meltdowns. Support Deniable Assets team by donating to our Patreon. Email us at realdeniableassets at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook at the deniable assets page.